1: Sports Talk Mississippi Uh on your radio and in the game right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming online at supertalk.fm, Wednesday, March 11th. Thanks for being with us, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Scott Rippey is back, Brian Haydad is out for the next couple of days. We are glad to have you along. Uh, you want to be a part of the show, you can on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395, again 601 601- 8794395 if you would like to be a part of the conversation. We had baseball last night, massive win for Mississippi State against Texas Tech. It is only one game as part of a much larger season, but it was against a really good team. A top five team in uh, in Texas Tech. And it was at a well, we'll call it a neutral site in so much as it was not on the campus of Mississippi State or Texas Tech, but the crowd last night in Biloxi was anything but neutral. Big crowd uh, at the ballpark for that game last night. Mississippi State getting the win. Ole Miss on the road in Monroe, game one of a two-game midweek series. Game two gets started in about an hour, and uh, that had the Rebels winning over ULM. You also have the start of the SEC basketball tournament tonight. Mississippi State will not play until Friday. you got Ole Miss in action tonight at 6 o'clock Central Time um, playing Georgia in the opening game of the SEC tournament. So a bunch to get to this afternoon. But uh, pretty much in every corner of the United States and most corners of the world, the conversation whether you're talking about sports or politics or Wall Street, stock market, etc., is about coronavirus, and the news continues to just kind of be inundated with all things COVID nineteen. Borky, I mean, it's almost to the point where we're having difficulty keeping up with all of the new cancellations or alterations of schedules, etc.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny that sporting news is doing a a tracker of all the things that are being altered or canceled based on the coronavirus. And I was looking at it, oh, 15 minutes ago, and they were missing a few things. And I thought, man, if you're going to do a tracker, you've got to update it regularly. The latest update was an hour ago. So things happened in a 45-minute window that I thought they were behind on. I mean, it's just every time you refresh Twitter, it's like something new got canceled or something new got changed or this is potentially going to happen, or this governor said this, and it's, it's hard to keep up with. Yeah. Um, we're in the middle of college baseball season, and
0: we've got three teams that have NCAA aspirations in the, uh, the postseason. Uh, Mississippi State still with a, uh, a puncher's chance to uh, get to the NCAA tournament in basketball You look around, and the governor of Ohio, who yesterday issued uh, an encouragement, it was not a mandate, but an encouragement yesterday to have spectatorless sporting events, has now said that there will be, I don't know if a law is the right way to, to describe it, but basically that there will be a mandate from the governor's office and the legislature in Ohio that will not allow crowds at sporting events. And if this goes into effect, you know, within the next couple of days, that means Dayton, Ohio, which is the site of the first four of the NCAA tournament, assuming they still play those games in Dayton, will be without a crowd. And also first and second round games are being hosted in Cleveland, Ohio. and so at least one of the eight first second round sites uh, would not have crowds as well. To me, the, I mean, the the question at this point, as we continue to see more and more cancellations and alterations and limitations on having crowds at sporting events, are we going to have an NCAA tournament? Is college baseball season going to be continued all the way throughout? What's going to happen over the next few weeks? And if everything gets canceled, what do we talk about on the radio for the next few months?
1: Uh, Start previewing college football? Or we can do an episode-by-episode breakdown of the upcoming release of Ozark Season 3. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think a little of that might be dark for the radio.
1: Yeah, probably so. But again, I mean, I guess we're talking about viral diseases, so I don't know. But man, for whatever it's worth, and I know uh, I especially have kind of ripped on this guy, but... Uh, Dennis Dodd on CBS Sports HQ said that the idea, um, a total cancellation of the NCAA tournament is not out of the question. Quote, it's definitely a possibility, end quote, is what he said. So they're at least considering that. My guess, and it's just a guess, but it seems like this is the route that it's going and this is the most common refrain, is we're about to have a bunch of spring sports NBA, college baseball, NCAA tournament, and empty venues.
0: Hmm.
1: I think that's where it's headed. Because it, the, the idea of total cancellation, that would be hard to fathom, number one. And two, you still have, and even though the audience-free or the, the fan-free games still impact the people that depend on these teams the most to like pay their mortgage or rent and like put food on the table talking concession workers and security guards and stuff, but you've got these NBA teams that have millions of dollars tied up in television revenue and they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that those games still get played. That's my guess. So I think that's the most likely scenario is games get played without any fans, because and especially because you can on the professional level, even in college, you know who the players are where they've been, where they've traveled, how they've traveled, what they ate and who fed them. Like, it's a lot easier to control 15 guys and their actions and who they've touched and their, uh, I guess, exposure to a potential virus than you can 20,000 people. It's the most logical step, and I highly doubt these billionaire owners with millions tied up in the TV contracts are just going to sign off on... Ending the season 20 games short and then not playing the playoffs where they make their most revenue. I don't see that happening. I was
0: going through and looking at some of the information, uh, I guess it was in an article at D1 Baseball, uh, about all the different cancellations and postponements and limitations that are in place. Vanderbilt has already put in place. They're going to, at least for now, still allow fans at the games, but they're not going to serve concessions
1: at that point just stop letting the fans show up brian
0: scott rippey is back with us after a a couple of days off you have been in dallas the last couple of days rippey and if instagram is telling the truth last night you were at
2: a, uh, a dallas stars hockey game is that correct i did it was pretty cool i had a good time was there a weird vibe in the building I didn't notice it, but I also was not necessarily looking for it. It was a pretty good crowd. There were a lot of people. The uh, Stars got killed. But outside of that, no, I, I wouldn't say there was uh, a weird vibe. I How didn't even feeling? notice it. Well, I feel pretty good. A little hoarse, but outside of that, pretty good. Uh, Should we self-quarantine you? I could have washed my hands a few more times if I really am thinking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's
0: just a weird time. I I, I was... So you drove, right? You did not fly? Correct. Okay. I was not sure how I felt about you being in the studio today if you had flown through a, a major airport. I'm kidding.
1: I, I mean, and Paul's I the mean, next I'm not... person to sit in that chair. Uh-oh. It's coming for you, Paul. Please leave him another note. I will. <laughs> hey, Paul, I was in Dallas
0: yesterday. <laughs> Happy radio. <laughs> oh, man. Um... There is some discussion, and Borky, you may have said this a second ago and I missed it, but I'm wondering, okay, has there technically been a case reported in the state of Mississippi yet? Uh, No. Okay. There has not, to this point, been a case reported in the state of Mississippi.
1: But if we're being honest, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, and... for whatever it's worth, I saw somebody report this morning that the number of people tested here, and part of that is out of necessity, but it is very, very low.
0: So. Yeah. Um, there will be cases of coronavirus in Mississippi, and there are already certainly high-level discussions, and maybe they are beginning to trickle down a little bit more um, about the possibility of having online classes only for some period of time. You know, is that the entire remainder of the spring semester? Uh, Would that be, you know, a few weeks and then reevaluate? I I don't know the answers to those things, and it certainly has not been released. Uh, I think you've got university leadership not only at Ole Miss but at Mississippi State and at Southern Miss and at Delta State and at Mississippi Valley and Jackson State and all the other schools uh, that are trying to get their heads around this and trying to figure out how to move forward And ultimately, I think you'll get some direction from the IHL. And it feels like that's probably going to happen pretty soon. Uh, I guess everybody is on spring break right now in terms of colleges and universities in the state of Mississippi. So right now you don't have students on campus. You would think, Borky, if you were going to say we're going the online route, you would tell people not to come back. And you would do that pretty quickly because folks are going to start coming back. As we trend toward the weekend. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Strange time. We'll be right back. We will do our best to keep you up to date with any news that pops while we are on the air this afternoon. show's going to end at 5.30 today as you will have uh, pregame for Ole Miss basketball as the Rebels get set to take on Georgia in the opening round of the SEC tournament tonight and also pregame for Mississippi State's baseball game against uh, Texas Tech will begin at 5.30 this evening. Ole Miss baseball gets started at 4 this afternoon as the Rebels are playing game two against ULM. Uh, Weather-wise, if that game was being played in Oxford, would be in a little bit of question right now, but last I checked, it was sunny and warm and beautiful in Monroe today. So... You've uh, you've got that. C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. Avoid the waiting room with C Spire Health. Download the telehealth app today and get treated by UMMC clinicians right from your phone. And now it's just $29 per visit for everyone, regardless of whether you are a C Spire customer or not. With C Spire Health... Anyone in Mississippi can get treatment for non-emergency conditions like fever, coughing, and more. Even have prescriptions sent to your local pharmacy. Download C Spire Health, the app, and try it today for just $29 per visit. Learn more at cspirehealth.com. Orky, is there any breaking news like right this minute, or are we good to kind of talk about some other things?
1: The, the last thing I think we can add is that there is an expected statement coming from the NCAA within the hour, um, presumably about their upcoming basketball tournament. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's the last thing that I can think of. Also, if you care about this sort of thing, uh, according to Woj, uh, the NBA has met with their Players Association and discussed ways to not stop the season – Uh, but try to get the players on board with playing in empty venues. Apparently the players do not like that idea at all, but the league and the players have met to ensure that they want to keep the season going, but to try to get the players to agree to have empty venues while doing it.
0: And Borky, along those lines earlier in the week, LeBron James came out pretty strongly against that idea, and then yesterday he basically walked back those statements. Yeah,
1: somebody probably talked to him about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what probably happened. You probably had... Either somebody from the league or ownership of the Lakers say, look, we need you to be a leading voice of reason on this, not a detractor. You're you're kind of the biggest deal in the NBA, and we don't need you out there saying it's stupid. Here's why we're looking at this. These are the reasons. Can you get on board? And I think that's kind of what he did yesterday. If you saw any of those comments on SportsCenter last night or maybe you read them anywhere, basically he walked it back and just said, look, I don't like the idea of playing without fans, but I'm now understanding why it is that we're looking at these possibilities. Yeah, so
1: for whatever it's worth, they asked Zion about it, even though he's 19, uh, hardly a spokesman for a league that he's only played a few games in. But uh, he said it would be weird in the warm up and like immediately at tip off, but once the game got going, you realize you know it's still an NBA game, and that won't be a a distraction anymore. For whatever that's worth.
0: So let's um let's talk some baseball from last night. Mississippi State wins six to three over Texas Tech in Biloxi. A uh, a big game. I never saw an attendance number. Like I, I went through some different versions of the box score and never saw a final attendance number for that game. But it looked like a basically packed house at uh, at MGM Park last night in uh, in Biloxi. Really good crowd. If I don't know if you watched any of it or not, Borky. I watched I a good bit of it last night did exactly what I said it was going to do, went home, threw burgers on the grill, turned the Ole Miss game on the radio and uh, and the Mississippi State game uh, on the television. And uh,
1: it looked fantastic. It really did. So 6,076 is what it holds, according to Google. Um, And it looked like every seat was full, if not very close. Um, I tweeted this last night. Tell me if you agree with it. Um, That crowd in that showing on a Tuesday night says that... um, Mississippi State and Ole Miss should do more uh, as far as getting games or even practices in spring practice or fall camp down around the coast. I mean, I know they've got a basketball venue that is at least comparable to the one they play in in Jackson every year. There are a lot of fans, obviously, as you saw last night on the coast, and it's, I love the Gulf Coast. I've been a handful of times and had a blast every time. I think they should try to do more stuff like this down there.
0: Yeah, I understand the argument that you're making. And if Ole Miss and Mississippi State are really, really committed to trying to kind of grow their presence on the Gulf Coast, then, yeah, that would make sense. But in a lot of ways, and this isn't necessarily a good thing if you're an Ole Miss fan or a Mississippi State fan, the Mississippi Gulf Coast has kind of been taken over by LSU a combination of LSU and some Auburn and some Alabama mixed in, and obviously you've got Southern Miss fans uh, on the Gulf Coast as well. You know, if you're listening on the C Spire text line, or, or you're listening and you're interested and you're on the Gulf Coast, I'd love to get your reaction to that. Would you like to see more of Ole Miss and Mississippi State in basketball games and baseball games? So, so the reason I, I, I couched it that way, Borky, is – If Ole Miss and Mississippi State are committed to trying to kind of reestablish themselves, because there was a time when the Gulf Coast was strong for Mississippi, like in, in terms of fandom for Mississippi schools, if you're committed to trying to reestablish that, then, yeah, you, you probably got to have a presence there, and it's got to be a, a regular thing.
1: Real quick, I hate to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but the NCAA uh, released something and they are advising against sporting events being open to the public. That doesn't mean it's official or whatever, but they released a statement from Stacy Osborne, the director of the communica- of communications, and they are advising against sporting events being open to the public. So that's probably the first step in making the NCAA tournament fanless.
0: We will. Um, I'll read you the statement in, in just a couple of minutes. We'll get to the entire statement in just a moment and try and figure out what it means going forward. I uh, I think Borky's on to what it means going forward. Um, The 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 counter argument to Ole Miss or Mississippi State playing more and more on the uh, on the Gulf Coast outside of what outside of a baseball couple of baseball games, you know, maybe a basketball game is. You got really expensive facilities. On your campus, I mean, baseball in the event of, you know, the case of old Miss and Mississippi State, I love the idea of doing what Mississippi State did during spring break when students are out of town and there's no reason not to travel, go play a couple of midweek games on the coast. That makes
1: sense. Outside of that, I don't know that it makes a whole lot of sense. Fair enough. Um, I just I saw that crowd last night and thought, because and a, a couple of people replied to my tweet and said, oh, it's a waste of time, it's LSU territory. And my thought is, I mean, maybe that's true, but – You just put 6,000 people in that stadium. And I don't know how it works. I'm certainly not uh, some kind of athletics department expert. But I see, like, these NFL teams that occasionally go somewhere to hold practices. And I always like that idea, is go to your fans. So if there's a a way that you could have a week of spring practice somewhere else to let your fans that can't even go to games on any kind of regular basis because they're five and a half hours away in some cases – see your football team up close in person. Or instead of playing, and in, in we talked about the venue in Jackson a couple of times around those games, um, if the, the venue's not adequate and even attendance in some cases is kind of lacking because of it, go a couple more hours south. You have a very similar type place and people that don't get to see you that often. So since you're already doing it, why not throw them into the rotation or... Pick up spring practice for a few days and go to those people. Just an idea. Yeah.
0: Well, the the issue with spring practice is you get guys that have still got to have got to be in class. I mean, you can't pick up an entire football team and pull them
1: right. And out you've for got to start the before, semester. and you've got to start before spring break in order to make that happen. Sometimes they do, but this year being an obvious exception to that.
0: Yeah, but you're not going to keep your players on campus during spring
1: break. Oh, yeah, I guess not. Could you, though? I mean, baseball does it. I mean, I guess you could. Hey, guys, we'll go spend spend spring break at the Coast. We'll practice for two days. You know, we'll practice on Friday and Saturday. Get you down on Thursday, spend a day at the beach, hang out. We'll practice Friday and Saturday. We'll get you back to campus, and uh, you'll go back to class on Monday. Something like that. I mean, it's
0: one thing when Jim Harbaugh says we're going to take the entire team to Rome, and you give them kind of a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience.
1: Yeah, speaking of of coronavirus, canceled that trip this year.
0: Yeah. Here's the statement from the NCAA. The NCAA COVID 19 advisory panel recognizes the fluidity of this situation and its impact on hosting events in public spaces. It's spreading rapidly in the United States, and behavioral risk mitigation strategies are the best option for slowing the spread of the disease. This is especially important because mildly symptomatic individuals can transmit COVID 19. Given these considerations, coupled with a more unfavorable outcome in older adults, especially those with underlying chronic medical conditions, we recommend against sporting events open to the public. We do believe these sports events can take place with only essential personnel and limited family attendance, and this protects our players, employees, and fans. You're about to have a bunch of sporting events with nobody in the stands. Here it is, it the official statement from NCAA so President Mark Emmert on limiting attendance at NCAA events. It's a little wordy, but I'll read the whole thing to you. The NCAA continues to assess the impact of COVID-19 in consultation with public health officials and our COVID-19 advisory panel. Based on And, and by the way, uh, editor's note here, the advisory panel is made up of a bunch of public health officials from across the country and in conjunction with the CDC and whatnot. Based on their advice and my discussions with the NCAA Board of Governors, I have made the decision to conduct our upcoming championship events, including the Division I men's and women's basketball tournaments, with only essential staff and limited family attendance. While I understand how disappointing this is for all fans of our sports, my decision is based on the current understanding of of how coronavirus or COVID-19 is progressing in the United States. This decision is in the best interest of public health including that of coaches, administrators, fans and most importantly our student-athletes. We recognize the opportunity to compete in an NCAA national championship it is an experience of a lifetime for the students and their families today. We will move forward and conduct championships consistent with the current information and will continue to monitor and make adjustments as needed. It's a lot of words to say. Empty arenas outside of media, staff, administrations, and family members for the NCAA men's basketball tournament. And so, to me, the the next question that comes along is... What is that going to mean for college baseball? We talk so much about college baseball, right? Talk about it all the time. And it's a really big deal where we live. It's not a big deal all over the country, but it is a huge deal where we live. Are we about to have the rest of the college baseball season played in empty stadiums?
1: Kind of feels like it's coming. UCLA, for whatever it's worth, has already... Um, Made that announcement that they will not have uh, fans at any of their spring sporting events. It's just a matter of time. It's coming, especially with schools in the SEC that are already um, not ending the semester, but going online only. It's just a matter of time before that happens, yeah. So what's
0: that going to look like in a place like Oxford and Starkville? I mean, I understand the idea behind an empty stadium. So what are you going to do? Are you going to have... For example, in Oxford people gather in the left field parking lot and try to like sit on the backs of trucks and see over the fence to catch a
1: glimpse? I guess so. I mean, this or are is people where you...
0: just going to abide by the we're not supposed to go and so they we're not going.
1: That and I guess you're really thankful for the the SEC plus broadcast too. I mean you can at least watch every game, but it there's so many layers to it. First of all, with the NCAA tournament you can understand why this is happening and understand that this is something that they feel like they need to do for public safety, but also think that this really sucks for, I mean, every party involved. It, like Yale, for example. I mean, the, it's a team that's probably not going to win the NCAA tournament, but these guys, the. Well, they're, they're still going to play. They're still going to play, but I, I'm just using them as an example. Or, or East Tennessee State, or one of these smaller conference teams that. They win their conference championship, and they get to play in the NCAA tournament. And that experience is changed. They don't get to feel that playing in front of 19,000 people who inexplicably are all rooting for you for some reason to beat the Kentuckys of the world. They they don't get that, so it sucks for them. It it sucks for all of the local venues, the people that uh, depend on... San Jose, whatever the arena is there, to have 70 events a year, and they work at all of them. Uh, they do that to pay their bills and stuff. It sucks for those people. It sucks for the, the local bar owners. and All these people, like I said, I guess it was yesterday, sports are an economy, and so many people are affected by these kind of cancellations. It just really sucks for so many people involved. And when you bring it back to Mississippi, I mean, as you mentioned, the crowds in Oxford and in Starkville especially – I mean, this weekend, if the weather would have been good, you would have had 10-plus thousand people on average for six games in this state. And local bars, local retail stores, restaurants, hotels depend on, rely on those crowds every spring to survive, and the potential of them not being there is going to hurt a lot of people, and it really sucks.
0: It does. And look, I mean... I mentioned this yesterday, Borky. We we were talking kind of bigger picture on the effects economically of coronavirus. And you go, oh, Richard, it's just sports. It doesn't matter that much. Okay, that's fair. I'm with you. My wife's a small business owner. Owns a women's clothing store. Got friends that own restaurants, other small businesses. How do you think those small businesses survive in Oxford and in Starkville and in Auburn? We're not talking about Lexington and Knoxville and Nashville. Those are big cities. Talk about small college towns where the economy is driven by people coming in for events. And frankly, it's not just sporting events. It's just events, period. When they have Parents' weekend at the tri house or, you know, mom's weekend at the ki house, people come into town and they eat in restaurants and they shop in local businesses and they stay in hotels and they fill up their automobiles with gas at gas stations. All these things happen. And if you now say, and again, we're jumping the gun a little bit, it just feels inevitable at this point.
1: I mean, if the with, NCAA with, with is recommending all of the cancellations that are happening. Yeah, and as an organ, uh, organizational body, or however you want to put it, they have recommended that all, you know, they're not demanding it, and I guess they can't stop SEC baseball from having fans, but they have recommended that that doesn't happen. So
0: yeah. Schools and conferences are allowed to make their own decisions, but everybody's going to make decisions in the best interest of public health, right? They just are. And look, I mean, this is obviously hitting close to home for me. And so it, I'm I'm not talking – I don't even think I've said the name of her store. Okay, you, you so have not. I'm not You're- specifically but, – but let me just kind of explain to you the way the small business process works in, in, in a women's clothing store, in a boutique. All right, so you order months in advance based on – Anticipated revenues based on previous years, sales, based on anticipated attendance for specific events. And so, for example, in Oxford, in the spring, you can count on the end of basketball season, baseball season, in a good year, postseason baseball, double-decker, graduation, and then maybe a few other scattered events. Well, if all of a sudden now for the five biggest weekends of the spring in baseball, you don't have people coming into town for those events. What happens to all those clothes that you've already bought and paid for and you need to sell? It's tough, man. That's the real life stuff on this thing. Yep. And then we get 401k is real life. Your retirement's real life. The stock market's real life.
1: I have been able to avoid looking at my 401k balance. Better for my sanity. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, you're early enough into your career that it doesn't matter. Because it's going to come back. It always will.
1: And we get a couple of of texts here. What about season ticket holders? What happens to those people? What happens to the people that bought, or would it? I guess the NCAA tournament's too far away, but in Nashville, it's going to... I guess they're going to continue. It might be the last sporting event for a while where actual fans exist, but what about season ticket holders? If you cancel the season before conference, not cancel it, but stop fans from showing up before conference play begins, are the schools out of the money because they have to refund that? Well, they operate based on ticket sales.
0: Yeah. Jim and Ripley says the people that poo-pooed trickle-down economics are about to see it up close and personal. Hmm. Robert in Oak Grove, yeah, we we got that announcement. The NCAA tournament will have no fans. Josh and Clinton says this shouldn't be mandated. Let fans make the decision whether to attend
1: or not. I've seen multiple legal people uh, have columns and stuff about the the legality. If you continue to have games where somebody could contract the virus, the legal defense that – that would exist or whatever. I just I can't figure out why you can go to a baseball game, get hit with a foul ball, have to go to the hospital, have no grounds to sue, but yet you could go get a virus and have grounds to sue. I, that, I can't wrap that around my small journalism degree brain, but what's the difference? You assume risk when you go to anything that involves a large gathering of people. Why is this different than than that? Yeah, I
0: don't know. I don't know. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming online at supertalk.fm. Take a uh, quick timeout and be back with you. This has certainly turned into a news-heavy Wednesday. We will be right back. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross and Michael Borkey on this Wednesday afternoon. If you're just tuning in, the NCAA men's basketball tournament, I'm sorry, the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments will be played with only essential staff and limited family members in attendance. That was certainly not... Intentionally excluding the women's side of the tournament and going back to local economic impact. Women's tournament is different from the men's tournament. Oh, that's right. And that first and second round games are played on campus. Mississippi State would likely, not likely, they were going to be one of the 16 sites hosting. That's they still plus will plus
1: thousand people that they won't get in their stadium now. How many? 8 plus thousand per game.
0: Sure. Well, and you know the the two games that Mississippi State plays in, you know what eight to ten thousand for each of those, and then a couple of thousand for the other games. I mean, you're looking at yeah. you know twenty to twenty five thousand people. I have reached out to see if there's any direction that can be given at this point, and the only response that I've gotten is that administrators are working together right now, like as we speak, I think I can read this. I just reached out to Keith Carter. I asked him, I said, can you offer any insight at this point? I know that's a broad question, but rumors are all over the place right now about the rest of the spring semester, fans for baseball, et cetera. And he says all of the athletics directors are in Nashville sitting in a room together literally trying to figure this out, and it's changing every 15 minutes.
1: Wow. This is going to be surreal. And We had another texter mention that there's a Champions Tour event in Mississippi in a couple of weeks. I mean, that's coming. And then uh, I read an article this morning, and I, I jokingly sent it to my dad to see if he'd buy us tickets to the Masters because the, the prices are plummeting. But that's something that they have to consider. Uh, I mean, the, the next major potentially without people, which actually would be visually stunning if you really think about it. But still, I mean, imagine the NCAA tournament, NBA playoffs. College baseball, at least in the SEC, where there are massive crowds. The Masters. Without anybody there. Yeah. That would be surreal.
0: Yeah, it will. I'm not supposed to be mad that I've got practice round tickets this year, am I? <laughs>
1: Oh, man, that would just be fitting, wouldn't it? You win the, the Masters lottery to, to get tickets, and then they don't let you in. Yeah,
0: and I do think it's important to realize or to remember that earlier today, the World Health Organization, the, the WHO, declared this a global pandemic. And that probably changes things. Brent says, I think the official pandemic declaration changes the liability of hosting a public event. Larry and Jackson says if this is actually a pandemic then we have to come to terms that these are games. And and Larry that's that's kind of what I was trying to do a few minutes ago when I was talking about the trickle down effect in in college towns only of either games being canceled or played in spectatorless environments. It wasn't the, oh, woe is me, we can't watch college baseball. It was the, let's think about the number of people. I mean, we, we can say businesses, but ultimately businesses are owned by people. And businesses serv- service people. And you're talking about people's lives being affected, their livelihoods being affected. Preston and Fulton says, if I was a player and there were no fans, I probably wouldn't want to play.
1: I saw a couple of NBA coaches today kind of echoed that sentiment that they they don't want to play in empty venues. They, they don't. There's not a team, according to one of the coaches, there's not a team in the NBA that wants that, but if it's the difference between playing out our season, making the playoffs, and – still earning our paycheck, then they'll do it. But they don't want to.
0: Yeah. I know they said limited family. But when my son played college football, my family traveled to see him. Sometimes 20-plus people. Yeah, I think the number that I saw for...
2: Where did I see?
0: Maybe it was for Ivy League events. Somewhere I saw three family members would be allowed. I, oh, it was in the D1 baseball story. So it was one of the baseball teams. I, th- I think UCLA and USC, they're allowing family members to come see, but it's limited to three family members per player. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week, almost baseball underway. The Rebels are playing ULM for the second time in uh, in as many days. One last night by final of 6 to 3 and they are um uh, they're at it again right now. Trying to pull up the box score, but that's not working, at least for now. Uh, I've got the stream. Ole Miss has got a couple of runners on base. Tyler Keenan just got a hit. Uh, looks like a scoreless game so far in the top of the first inning. Trying to win their 16th consecutive ball game. Richard Cross and Michael Borky with you on this Wednesday afternoon. It is Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't forget the C Spire text line is open to you. That number is 601 879 Nine, five, uh, in light partly because of, obviously, all that's going on with coronavirus, COVID-19. Uh, C Spire is trying to make it as easy for you as possible uh, to get the help that you need uh, through their telehealth app, C Spire Health. You can avoid the waiting room with C Spire Health. Download the telehealth app today and get treated by UMMC clinicians from your phone. And now, uh, for at least the foreseeable future, It's only $29 per visit, which is normally less than your current copay, even if you do have health insurance. With Ceasefire Health, anyone in Mississippi can get treatment for non-emergency conditions like fever, coughing, and more. You can even have prescriptions sent to your local pharmacy. Download Ceasefire Health and try it for just $29 per visit. Learn more at ceasefirehealth.com. I guess let's step away from this and talk. We, we never really got into Mississippi State's win last night, or uh, Ole Misses, or what's happening in basketball tonight. Um, you mentioned to me during the break, Borky, that the SEC put out a statement just a few minutes ago with regard to the SEC basketball tournament.
1: Yeah, that they're going to play today as scheduled, but they are um, considering the the rest of the week. So. Discussions ongoing about how to handle the tournament, but at least for today, it will go as scheduled. For whatever it's worth, the Players' Championship, they have seen everything, 200,000 people or so over the four days, on as scheduled.
0: Mm-hmm. That's in Ponte Vedra Beach, right outside of Jacksonville. The players. Well, it'll be good golf you can watch this weekend. The weather's going to be great for that as well. Um
1: and they've <laughs> locally they've canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade uh, here in Jackson. I know that's a pretty big statewide event. People come from all over, but yeah, that's no more.
0: NBC News has suspended live audiences for the Today Show and Today with Hoda and Jenna and friends. Audiences will no longer be permitted to congregate at the steel barriers in the Today Show Plaza for the foreseeable future. I mean, life as we know it is just changing. Just shutting down yeah almost takes a one to nothing lead on a Hayden Leatherwood base hit to uh, jump out to um a good start in their game against ulM so and now it's two to nothing as uh, Tyler Keenan came home to score as well so let's talk some baseball Last night, Mississippi State gets the, uh, gets the win in Biloxi. We talked about there being a great crowd. Looked like, you know, somewhere in the five to 6,000 range for a stadium that seats just a hair over 6,000. Never mind the attendance though for a second. Mississippi State played well last night. Bulldogs had six runs on nine hits. They did commit two errors in the ballgame, but they limited one of the best offenses in the entire country, a Texas Tech team that was hitting over 330. Coming into the game last night to three runs on three hits. Texas Tech jumped out to a one to nothing lead. Mississippi State put three runs on the board in the bottom of the fifth inning. The Red Raiders got one back in the top of the sixth to make it three to two, but then Mississippi State answered with two in the sixth, one in the seventh, gave up a run in the top of the eighth inning, and got the win six to three. In terms of big days at the plate, uh, Rowdy Jordan, despite going 0 for four, scored a couple of runs. Jordan Westberg was two for four. Josh Hatcher was two for four. So four of Mississippi State's nine hits came from the number two and number three hole hitters. Nobody else had multiple hits in the lineup. But you had some guys that swung it a little, a little bit better. Uh, Brandon Pimentel uh, drove in a run. He was one for three, scored a run himself, also had a walk, so he was on base a couple of times, only had one strikeout. Hey, Dad talked some earlier in the week about that was a guy that, you know, they dropped down in the order and needed to kind of see him get going a little bit. So, a better night for him. Borky, I know you watched a bunch of it. I thought Mississippi State looked really good in that game last night.
1: Yeah. And on top of it all, you had a nice little closing performance from Spencer Price. I saw a lot of people were excited about him coming in and shutting it down, but maybe that's the win that will get them back going. I mean, we've talked about. Uh, JT again and nauseam but uh, aside from losing him they just haven't hit the ball well I mean even in a series sweep over Quinnipiac it still didn't inspire any confidence at the plate and although it's midweek guys from Texas Tech and there were a a couple of those runs that were kind of gifted to you but walks with the bases loaded even still maybe that's the win that'll wake up the bats and, and get that team rolling again.
0: Houston Harding was really, really good in his start. Five and two-thirds innings. so he got into the sixth inning, gave up only two hits in the ball game, allowed two unearned runs, struck out four, and did not walk a batter. And he did all of that on just 76 pitches. David Dunlavy struggled a little bit, did not record an out, and walked a couple of guys. But then they got two and a third out of Landon Sims. He only gave up one hit, had six strikeouts, and then Spencer Price, who you mentioned a second ago, picked up his first save of the year, worked the final inning of the game, struck out two, didn't walk a batter, only faced three batters. So a really nice finish to the uh, ball game. So Houston Harding gets his first win of the year. Spencer Price gets his first save of the season and Mississippi State improves to 11 and four on the year. Those two teams will meet again tonight in Biloxi and uh, they'll be at MGM Park and would expect a- another good crowd. Now, the momentum that you talked about from yesterday will it carry into today's ball game? Well, I have to wait and see on that because I, I've I've quoted this a million times through the years. Jim Leland, the uh, former Major League manager, was saying that, famous for saying that momentum in baseball goes only as long or only as far as your next day starting pitcher, and uh, so we'll see how it goes for. Uh, uh, for Mississippi State as they get set to uh, face Texas Tech again tonight. Ole Miss last night against uh, against ULM. Three runs in the top of the first inning, and Borky, those three runs, came on kind of a weird home run. It was uh, a three-run home run for Tyler Keenan that apparently everybody thought was just a two-run double, but just got over the wall, hit something, and carried him back into play and after he stopped out at second base, they finally waved everybody around, and then they said three-run home run. ULM got a couple of runs back in the uh, in the bottom of the first inning. It was a tie game after three, and then Ole Miss, a little later in the game, able to extend the lead, got a couple of big base hits, and another really good night on the mound.
1: Oh, for sure. It, it was funny. I had the, it on the radio at that point, so I didn't get to see the play, but hearing – Uh, Eli try to decipher what was going on was kind of funny because it it sounded like that was a first for him and and maybe everybody but just a win that we talked about yesterday I mean losing to ULM who's actually I don't know if they've been overachieving but they're a pretty solid ball club Um, you'd rather do it than lose it it's just a good baseball team and so, so you get that win and then I was texting back and forth with Rippey last night about who pitched and all of that stuff, and when you throw the the three bullpen names out there that they pitched Broadway, Miller, and Forsyth in that game, you thought, ooh, that, you know, you've know you got LSU coming to town this weekend. Do you want to throw those guys? Um, low pitch counts, probably fine for the weekend. So all in all, sure. just a really good an easy – not easy win, but a solid win, and you got your bullpen guys some work. And they shut down another lineup because that's what those three guys are going to do and came out unscathed. Successful night. Tim
0: Elko continues to play well. He was the only hitter in the lineup for Ole Miss that had a multi-hit game. He was two for four with a run scored and drove in two runs. Tyler Keenan, one for two with a three-run home run and a walk. Anthony Servidio was one for two with a run scored. He was walked three times in the ball game. Peyton Chatagnier had a hit. Uh, Kale Baker went 0 for 3. Ben Van Cleve had a big hit, scored a run. Uh, Justin Bench for the first time this season does not reach base safely, so it snaps the 15 uh, game streak of him reaching base safely. Uh, Knox Lapasser was 0 for 3, but Hayden Leatherwood as a pinch hitter came in and drove in a run. and Ely had a, uh, a base hit in the game for Ole Miss after getting the start in left field. Yesterday as well, six to three, Ole Miss six runs, eight hits, did not commit an error in the ball game. ULM three runs on six hits, they had one error, and they are underway again in Monroe. They're now in the bottom of the first after Ole Miss scores a couple of runs in the top of the first inning and leads it two to nothing over ULM in the second of two games in the midweek. With the Rebels hosting LSU this weekend, we will take a quick timeout. We'll talk some basketball when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this
2: Wednesday. On
0: Avoid the waiting room with C Spire Health. Download the Telehealth app and get treated by UMMC clinicians right from your phone and now it's just $29 per visit for everyone. That's generally speaking less than your copay. Learn more at cspirehealth.com. That is cspirehealth.com, 601-879-4395. That is the number for you to join us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Uh, obviously, the uh, conversation being dominated by coronavirus and the effect that it's having on the entire sports world. We, uh, we've got tickets to give away. We've had some fun with this. I know I said yesterday we were going to have you sing on the air. We're not going to do that today. just feels a little heavy with a lot going on for uh, that to do. So uh, let's go back to the text line. Be, uh, be texter number 15 to text the word Tupelo to the C Spire text line, to win a pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner at the Corp South Arena in Tupelo on Friday, March 20th. Farewell tour of the legendary band, and it might be your last chance to see them live. Certainly excited to give you the opportunity to win the tickets. So be the 15th person to text the word Tupelo to the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Tickets are available as well at the... Uh... Wait, what number?
1: call not call text yeah what number? what uh, what number texter 15 15
0: number 15 on the text line text the word tupelo 601-879-4395 you can also buy tickets online at ticketmaster.com or at the bankcorp south arena box office so we'll get those out to you as well on monday you can catch sports talk mississippi at the uh, sports book at pearl river resorts golden moon casino Watch the big basketball tournament games. Grab a snack and place a wager for your favorite team. The sports book at Pearl River Resorts Golden Moon Casino Sports Lounge is where the action is, and we can't wait to be there with you on Monday. Two to nothing, Ole Miss leading over ULM, headed into the top of the second inning. So a good start in that ball game for Jackson Kimbrell.
1: We do have a winner. So uh, you got a winner? Thanks for all your texts. Uh, Brian in Madison was the, the 15th at least to show up um on my feed here. So uh congrats to Brian and uh thanks to the dozens of you that have already texted in.
0: So Brian in Madison is the winner for the Leonard Skinner tickets. Porky, we've given away a lot of tickets through the years. We have never had a response like this for Leonard Skinner. Yeah,
1: that's uh, perfect for our demographic, I'd guess. I would agree with that.
0: I think it was still in high school and saw Leonard Skinner at the Bancorp South Arena in Tupua. It was great. When I said something to uh, earlier in the week about, hey, be sure to grab a lighter, somebody's like, nobody takes lighters to concerts anymore. It's all cell phone lights. I was like, yeah, I
1: know, but. Yeah, this, this isn't is Harry still Styles Leonard or Skinner. whatever. Do what? As it, this isn't Harry Styles. Uh, it's Skinner. You bring a lighter.
0: It's not, don't stop believing at Davis Wade either. Or glory, glory to old Georgia at Sanford Stadium. It's Leonard Skynyrd. All right, so a ton of texts coming through. Obviously, uh, you're still trying. We have a winner, though, so uh, you'll get a chance to win tickets again tomorrow. So we have SEC tournament basketball beginning tonight in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena, and fans will be there. Maybe, Borky, they didn't feel the need to shut it down to fans tonight because so few go on this opening night anyway. This is the the round of the tournament where they sell general admission tickets, and it's first come, first come, first first served on the seats. So at 6 o'clock Central Time tonight, 13th seeded Georgia, 12th seeded Ole Miss... Both of those teams, 15 and 16 on the year. Georgia went 5-13 and in league play, Ole Miss 6-12. and So that's the first game.
1: How does this one play out tonight? Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, Because I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss is a a three-and-a-half point favorite. I don't know how uh, the odds makers came to that one. I guess, I mean, even with a potential number one overall draft pick, wouldn't Ole Miss have the best scorer right now in this game and so maybe that's where you lean is the team with the more reliable consistent scorer i mean yeah brian tyree
0: second in the sec in scoring but anthony edwards is top five in the sec in scoring he was 19 19 and a half points per game i don't remember him playing all
2: that well against Ole miss the first time around Rippey, do you remember anthony edwards first time old miss played georgia I wasn't obviously at that game because it was in Athens, but I watched a decent bit of it, and he was pretty good, but I don't know what his line was in that game. But there are times where you watch him on the floor, and he seems to just kind of disappear. And I feel like Tyree's presence is felt more consistently throughout a game, whether it's scoring or anything else. Yeah.
1: Edwards in that game had 13 points on 3 of 12 shooting. 10 of those 12 came from beyond the arc. I had a couple of turnovers and three rebounds.
0: Hmm. I think you would take that stat line for Anthony Edwards, no questions asked, going into this one tonight. Rippy, you get any kind of a guy? I feel like Ole Miss played pretty well against Georgia in Athens. That was one of the times early in the year where we are like, you know what? This is kind of what Ole Miss is capable of. But Granted, Georgia's not
2: a great team. Georgia seems to be playing better since then, too, right? The Ole Miss caught Georgia at one of its worst points. If I'm not mistaking, like they've won a few games between then and now. Like They were really spiraling at that point, if I remember correctly.
1: Ole Miss, I have the box score up for for what it's worth. Ole Miss shot 52% that day, had 20 from Tyree on 8 of 15, got 16 from Hadim C. He was 6 of 12, and got 14 from K.J. Buffin, who missed just one shot in the game. Uh, so really balanced scoring from those three. And then Blake Hinson added nine points of his own on just six shots. So um, productive day offensively for Ole Miss that day.
2: And that came in the tail end of a slide where they lost uh, at least seven of eight. And then like they were like two and 12 at some point. I can't do this math on my head. I'm looking at their schedule. They lost two in a row, beat Tennessee, lost four in a row with Ole Miss being the third and fourth, beat A&M, and then proceeded to lose four more in a row after that is what I'm trying to articulate. Yeah, and then... Have been better in February. Yeah, I mean, they went 3-3 and in their final
0: six, but lost three of their last four. I mean, they lost a four-point game at South Carolina. They beat Arkansas. They lost against Florida. And then they just got smoked in the regular season finale. Lost by 30 at LSU. So it's been an inconsistent team, but it's a team that's capable. I mean, right? They won at Memphis on January 4th. They beat Tennessee at home. They beat Texas A&M, and a Texas A&M team that ultimately won 10 games in the league. They beat number 13 Auburn at home, 65-55. Uh, they won at Vanderbilt, which got a little bit harder to do at the end of the year, and they beat an Arkansas team after Isaiah Joe came back, and they won that game by 10. So that's the thing to me that that's kind of crazy when you look at Georgia and really makes Georgia and Ole Miss similar in a lot of ways. They're capable of a big night offensively. They just never played with any consistency throughout the course of conference play. And I guess that's the reason that I ultimately get to I have no idea how this one plays out tonight.
1: Me either. Um, my, my gut feeling is Ole Miss gets one tonight and loses tomorrow in front of zero fans.
2: I think that that was probably what I would have guessed, too. When, Ole Miss probably wins tonight and then loses to Florida.
0: So the winner of this game gets the Florida Gators, and then the winner of that game will get Mississippi State on Friday in the quarterfinals of the, uh, of the SEC tournament. In terms of the odds makers, tonight you've got uh, Ole Miss favored by three. And Arkansas favored by nine and a half against Vanderbilt. Porky, does this feel like a good time for the Pearl River Resort pick of the day?
1: Uh, speaking of, nailed it again last night. You're welcome. There you go, That's Jackson State, baby. Well, I got my NBA pick right too, so I was two and zero. Did you see that uh, Alcorn doubled snacks when they put him in the game?
0: Did they get booed for that?
1: <laughs> I hope so. <laughs>
0: But they Pearl, don't River, Pearl River Resort pick of the day brought to you by the Sportsbook at Timeout Lounge. Vanderbilt plus nine and a half tonight in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena. They've been playing better. Been playing a lot better. I'll take nine and a half points and the Vanderbilt Commodores in their home city. Whatever crowd is there will be pro-Vanderbilt. So, see if we can uh, ride the momentum of maybe the last home court advantage Uh, that we will see for the remainder of this basketball season. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. That is your Pearl River Resort pick of the day. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at Supertalk.fm, Richard Cross and Michael Borky and Brian Scott Rippey with you on this Wednesday afternoon. You've got baseball happening right now in Monroe, Louisiana. Ole Miss and ULM playing. ULM has already gone to its bullpen with Ole Miss leading two to nothing and Mike Federico, the coach for ULM, is arguing about something right now. So uh, Ole Miss has got at least one base runner right now. I'm not sure how many. or uh, ex- It's kind of hard to follow. No, Very little graphics and one camera and, uh, to be able to uh, watch that game and uh, obviously can't listen to it while we are on the radio. So we'll try to keep you up to date with the uh, score.
2: Rippy, that was a good win last night for Ole Miss, didn't you think? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I I did not catch a ton of it, but yes, uh, I think no, I, I I didn't mean you know specific ins and outs, but to be able to go on the road riding a
0: 14 game win streak, knowing that SEC play is coming up this weekend, and to uh, to get a W against a, a pretty decent team, uh, and then try and take a midweek series. This Ole Miss team's just playing well in pretty much all facets right now.
2: I would agree with that. Can they keep it rolling this weekend against LSU? I mean, different level of competition, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 this will be an interesting, I guess, test case for just how legitimate this is. You kind of saw it at the beginning of conference play, once or twice in the middle, I guess, with or non-conference play once with East Carolina, and then now the, I guess, the real test begins.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, LSU can't hit, or at least they haven't so far
0: this season, and they pitched it really well. So that's kind of what you're looking at in terms of the uh, of the matchup this weekend. Sports Talk Mississippi, thanks for uh, being with us. Mike Federico just got thrown out. Head coach of ULM just got run in the second inning after an extended conversation. The umpire got tired of it. He walked away from him, Mike Federico, and he just got the most half-hearted ejection in the history of college baseball. I mean, it was just a little eh, just flip of the
1: wrist. You're gone. Maybe he uh, just wanted to go home early to avoid Getting coronavirus are we allowed to make jokes about it (laughs) I think so man this is going to sound not morbid but whatever I mean I think you can only joke about it because you can't prevent it and it's really going to affect a lot of people so we might as well just be self deprecating in all of it I don't know
0: yeah Good win last night for Mississippi State over Texas Tech in Biloxi. We talked about that some earlier in uh, in this ballgame. Mississippi State getting a 6-3 to win. They will turn around and play again tonight at uh, MGM Park. Uh, just trying our best to keep up with all of the coronavirus-related news. If you happen to be late joining us this afternoon, then you may have missed the news that uh, NCAA President Mark Emmert has made the announcement that there will be no fans in attendance for any NCAA tournament, men's or women's games. And that also includes the NIT, because the NIT is now run by the NCAA as well. So in terms of postseason basketball, you've already had the CBI canceled, and which is kind of the third-tier postseason basketball tournament. It's been canceled in its entirety. And you have the NCAA men's and women's tournaments that will be played with essential personnel, which means team, coaching staff, trainers, media people, official scorers, some family members, limited number of family members. That's it. Aside from that, it's going to be empty arenas and is going to be a – sometimes we overuse the word
1: surreal, but it's going to be a surreal postseason basketball experience. Absolutely. And, I mean, somebody. Jo- I saw somebody joke about one shining moment. I mean, just th- all those little things that you just you have and you consume with the NCAA tournament are going to be different. I wonder if not having fans will affect viewership trends. I mean, it, on one hand... I think more people will watch. More people will watch just to see these games in, in empty arenas. And on top of that, I mean, here's a question. So, the city of San Francisco kind of got the NBA started in this idea. They basically banned the Warriors from having people at their home games. They were they suggested it to them. The Warriors last night said, "No, sorry." And so this morning, they banned them from doing it. They've got the PGA Championship there coming up. If they keep this ban, that means a venue change. If you're a golf course in Mississippi, one of the few states hanging on that doesn't have an outbreak of this yet. <laughs> I mean, you've had championships at multiple courses in this state. Do you call the PGA of America? Say, hey, we'll have a course ready in two months. Uh, yes. Yes, we need to get George Bryan on the phone
0: with the PGA of America and say, I understand that TPC Harding Park can't host it. We will. There was was a story yesterday, and I don't remember if it was a Golf Channel story or where, but that kind of in making preparations, that there's a chance that TPC Sawgrass could hold the PGA Championship, which is coming up in May. So with the the schedule flip that they, they instituted a couple of years ago, it's the players in March, the Masters in April, the PGA in May, the U.S. Open in June, the Open Championship in July. So you don't have the PGA in August anymore. Yeah, I'm all for that.
1: Let's play the PGA Championship at Old Waverly. Sounds fantastic. I'm just saying, we have a championship level golf course. We don't have a prevalent case of the coronavirus. It all makes sense.
0: Charles Robinson wrote a story at Yahoo, and Borky, this is pretty significant in that there is a rainy day fund that the NCAA has and an insurance policy in place to cover the cost of having a total March Madness tournament cancellation.
1: I wonder if that's unique to this year or have they always had this or no, this I'm sure year that, they I, No, I would have to believe that that's a something that's in
0: place year after year.
1: So basically what this says, even though there are people with brains at the NCAA, I'm aware of that, but basically this decision was a little bit easier for them. Is what this is saying, right? Or am I overthinking it? Well, I mean,
0: as it was written by Charles Robinson, it's an insurance policy to cover the cost of a complete cancellation.
1: And they're still going to play the games, therefore CBS still gets the TV revenue. Yeah, and the
0: majority of the money that that comes comes in from the TV deal. I mean, obviously you have money that's related to the sale of tickets as well, but, um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't know where this goes.
1: There's are so many layers to it. It's, hard, it's really hard to fathom right now. Because they haven't done it yet for SEC baseball. It just certainly sounds like that is the path that this is headed. I mean, sooner rather than later. Uh, so what's next? What do the athletic departments do? What, do? what do the local economies do? What do they do with season tickets? What do, I mean, what do the television partners do? I mean, are there going to be more games on the SEC network now because nobody can go to them? You know what I mean? Uh, All of these things now people have to figure out on the fly. And these are things that are done months and months in advance. This weekend series with Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Arkansas, or Ole Miss and LSU and Arkansas and Mississippi State, everything logistically that goes into putting this on has been planned for months. And poof, it's gone. Or could be, potentially.
2: Yeah. What does limiting the fans do? you just take liability. But if you let some in, how does that decrease the... I mean, I get the basic math, but is it really that big of a decrease? I mean, yeah. I mean, you're going from multiple thousands of people
0: inside a venue to only a few hundred. Times eight sites times
2: X number of games at each site. I mean pretty substantial and there's a thousand confirmed cases roughly in the United States and that is without
1: adequate testing
2: okay yeah I just I don't I don't have anything really profound to offer I don't know I'm not a medical expert like I don't know I'm not saying it's not the right or wrong decision at just limiting fans instead of completely shutting it out like is that really gonna decrease your chances of contracting the virus that much
0: I mean my, my guess is you've got the ability to have more control over who's there and what's going on. I
2: guess that's true, but Yeah.
0: Ole Miss puts a four spot on the board in the top of the second inning. They now lead six to nothing over ULM. Uh Tyler Keenan has another home run. He hits a three run home run, his second three run home run in as many days, and is uh kind of been on fire at the plate over the last week or so. Really, all season long, but especially in the last week. He was co SEC player of the week last week. And uh, I don't remember, did he driving 12 runs last week. Does that sound right? I think that was the number. And uh, he's got six RBI in uh, two midweek games over the course of the uh, last couple of days. Sports Talk Mississippi will take a quick timeout. If it feels a little disjointed to you today, it does to me as well. We'll be right back. So the news today, as it pertains to the sports world, the biggest news today is that the NCAA postseason championships for the foreseeable future will be played with essential personnel only and a small contingent of family members. Jeff Goodman tweeted this just a few minutes ago. NCAA source to me. Things are moving quickly. Right now, it's no fans, but we don't know where this is headed. There have been discussions about canceling or postponing the NCAA tournament, but we're hoping it doesn't get to that point.
1: Boy, postponing doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? No. You're just going to make... I mean, some of these guys are seniors, right? I, I mean, once basketball season ends, they sit down and focus on life after basketball or the next step in their professional career. And if some of them have an NBA future, then they want to leave college, hire an agent, and then go focus on getting ready for the combine and other draft things. It just, On top of that, how long are you going to postpone it for? Six weeks? Well, what if the virus isn't contained yeah, I mean, for you, six you, weeks? You, you can't do that. That just doesn't make any sense. I mean, that being on the table doesn't add I don't think the
0: NCAA up. tournament will be postponed. It will either be played as scheduled or it will be canceled.
1: It's, That's just an opinion. but That makes the most sense. That's the most logical answer. And my question is, though, I mean, are you really going to have to cancel it? Because I understand there's travel, especially with the, the college game, it's different. But when you're talking about professional sports, baseball coming up, basketball currently going on right now, even the NHL and MLS, these guys all travel private. You know, you can very much contain their exposure to things. I would, maybe I'm wrong, I just would be surprised if they don't play all of these games as scheduled. Because if you eliminate the fans, the amount of personnel required to put on these games shrinks, obviously, dramatically. And since they're traveling private, they are eating from a a source where you know where it comes from and who's preparing it and all that stuff. It's very controlled. Canceling those seasons, I think, would be a financial, um, devastating financially and probably an unnecessary risk, but I'm not a doctor.
0: University of Michigan has canceled its spring football game and will not allow its coaches to conduct off-campus recruiting activities or host recruits on official or unofficial campus visits until at least April the 21st.
1: See, where did you get that date from?
0: The – oh, where did Michigan get that date?
1: Yeah, where, where did you get that date? And I know it's until then and subject to change, but why even say that? Just say it indefinitely because – Is April 21st when it's all good, all clear, kids can go back to school, we can have fans in our stadium again? Who said that?
0: C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Such a total overreaction, ruining our savings, our fund, and our TV and radio programs. We need to wash our hands often, stay home if sick, and proceed with our lives. I'm an MSU fan, and our women's team won't know how to act without their posse there. Okay?
1: (laughs) I I think they'll be okay, man. They, they practice without fans. They'll be all right. Yeah. There, I mean, how much does that impact a game, though? It, serious question. If you are, especially basketball, but if, if you're a basketball team and you go on a 10-0 run and suddenly the crowd's into it and everything just feels different, do you get that same – And there are some people that will tell you momentum doesn't exist in sports, and I think those people are idiots. It's real. You can feel it. There's vibes in stadiums that you know is providing a boost in confidence and energy to a home team. That absolutely happens. How much does that affect a game when there's no crowd to impact it? I mean, I guess we're about to see what home court, home field really means, aren't we?
0: I think there's an advantage for teams that have better players. What about how it affects officiating? <laughs>
1: and then the uh, the broadcast companies who are trying to keep their FCC license, having to mute the natural sound microphone every 10 seconds.
0: Thomas in Greenwood says, On a positive note, I'd contend that Americans' hands are cleaner today than in the history of the nation. <laughs>
1: Clean your phone screens, too. When when, uh, my son was born, they had all over the baby section of the hospital. I mean, like every place where your eyes were, in the bathroom, above sinks, that had a a graph of how much dirtier your phone screens are than toilet seats. And so it was like, look, you're going to touch your phone and then touch your baby. Don't do that because you would be better off touching a toilet seat than touching your baby. So clean those things off, too. Two hours in the books
0: with you on this Wednesday afternoon. This is one of the stranger days that we've had in the history of Sports Talk Mississippi. You're not kidding. Take a quick time out. We've got the college football fix coming your way next. (laughs) And interestingly enough, we're going to look at attendance numbers and the trends in college football. People are going to be so jonesing for anything they can go see when we get around to the fall. We may swap this trend. We'll be right back. Oh. Just after five o'clock with you on this Wednesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at Supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borke, and Brian Scott Rippey. Ole Miss baseball is rolling in Monroe. They lead eight to nothing and just hit another home run. Hayden Dunhurst hit a two-run home run to um, make it eight to nothing. Ole Miss leading it over ULM in the top of the third inning. They kind of got this baseball thing rolling right now, uh, at least for a while. Ceasefire text line is open to you 601 879 4395. 601 879 4395. Uh, Don't forget that you can avoid the waiting room with Ceasefire Health. Download the telehealth app today and get treated by UMMC clinicians from your phone. Now it's just $29 for everyone per visit. Does not matter if you are a C Spire customer or not. Just download the C Spire Health app, and you can get treatment for non-emergency conditions like fever, coughing, and more. Even if you've got prescriptions that need to be sent to your local pharmacy, they can handle that. Download the C Spire Health app and try it for just $29 per visit. Learn more at cspirehealth.com. It's time right now for the College Football Fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. You can find out why the best selling trucks are built for tough, but you can also find out about the SUVs and the cars and the vans, all they've got. Stop by your local Mississippi Ford dealer and test drive one today. Uh, Borky is kind of a multi-year story in terms of attendance at college football games. The, uh, the new numbers are out and the story from CBS Sports points out several things. For the sixth consecutive year, there is an overall drop in in in-person attendance at college football games, and this past year was the lowest since 1996. The average attendance for games across the FBS was 41,477. That is the fourth lowest average total attendance number Since 1982, for the eighth time in the last nine years, there has been an overall decline. The SEC, as you would expect, had the highest per-game average attendance at 72,723. That's down almost 2% and is the lowest since the year 2000. Uh, The Big Ten stayed pretty much level at just a hair over 65,000. The Big 12 saw an increase of one-tenth of 1%. Average attendance,
1: 57,500, by the way.
0: Okay. The ACC averaged a little better than 48,000 per game. That was down 1.2%. The Pac-12 was down about a percentage point. They averaged just over 46,000 per game. Since 2008, average attendance per game Across all of the FPS is down fifty five hundred
1: people. What does that
0: all mean to you?
1: Multi-layered. The first okay. thing is the at-home experience is getting better. I think that leads to a lot of people not showing up to games that they feel like don't matter. Even Ohio State has games against like Kent State, for example, or Miami of Ohio, where there are clear invisible empty seats. And ten years ago, that was one of those places in college football where that just didn't happen. They filled up their stadium every game. Doesn't anymore. People just are staying home in front of their 70-inch TV that they're buying for less than the cost of one season ticket. So that's a part of it. I think a layer to this that's been added this year that didn't affect the numbers all that much, but it's still something, um, the new tax law. And it not to get political, but the new tax law cut most of your income taxes, mine included, but you can no longer write off your PSLs and season tickets. You just have to eat that cost. And so they think moving forward that's going to lead to even more of an attendance decline. It's at-home experience getting better, costs going up, and then now the new tax law is preventing you from writing off your season ticket purchases. All of that encompassed. And every year you're getting fewer and fewer people showing up to games. Yeah. Does it say anything
2: to you, Rippy? Um. Like, what do you mean? I mean, just kind of overall thought,
0: and I don't know that this is... I mean, I don't know that there's any original thought in this, but, you know, college football attendance down... You know, if we localize it, you can point to the reasons, right? I mean, Ole Miss fans were frustrated. They didn't like the direction of the program. The team wasn't winning. Attendance is down. Same thing with Mississippi State. There was a level of frustration. You got to the Egg Bowl at the end of the year, basically a packed house for the final game of the regular season, but you didn't really have many other packed houses last year for Mississippi State. So at a local level, you can kind of explain it away. But when you look at the national trend year over year over year for the sixth consecutive year to see numbers
2: down, is there anything that we're missing on this? No, I don't think this is new or I don't think this is new at this point. People don't want to pay money to go to games and they want to sit on their couch and watch it on television because it's a much better and more intimate viewing experience. It seems pretty cut and dry to me.
0: So, how you do you think they there's fix any it? way to to yeah, I was going to say, do you think there's any way to reverse the trend because I think that's what I think that's what athletics directors, maybe more than anything else right now, are are focusing on. Is okay, season ticket revenue is vital to our ability to continue to operate the way we've been operating. So, how do we get people back?
2: I really and, have and, no clue, and I don't envy the person that's trying to figure it out. I I don't. I'm not trying to make one plus one equal four
0: here. But I'm wondering if this factors into the shorter leash that we're seeing with coaches. I mean, we, we talk all the time about, okay, there's so much money wrapped up in it. But when we talk about that, we mean usually. It happened
2: usually, here for, for that reason alone. Missouri cited that
1: exact example. It wasn't that they didn't like Barry Odom or that they weren't competitive, but people stopped showing up. And so. They had to make a change, or else it was going to be a financial disaster.
0: Yeah, I think it continues to to make sense.
1: There are, I mean, there are ways to fix it. it, it we talk about this a good bit, but we've already had a few texts about just simply cost. I mean, you you've got to. Uh, what's more valuable? 10,000 empty seats at $500 a seat or 5,000 empty seats and the other 5,000 were filled by $250 seats. You know what I mean? If you have a swath of empty seats and you're selling your tickets for more, if you lower the price and you fill up more seats, it could be more cost beneficial for you. Um, I remember my first trip to SEC Media Days was the first year after they played a full Falcon season in the new stadium in Atlanta. They lowered their concession prices, mostly cut them all in half, and found that people spent 20% more money at their concession right. stands. So it's, right. it's basic economics for them. They just have to you know, bite the bullet and do it. And I
0: think Ole Miss was maybe the first college program to really follow suit in that and has seen similar results as well. People are spending more money overall at the concession stand because they feel like they can get more for their money. C Spire text line. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. 879 C Spire, customer inspired. The price of tickets are too high for us working folks. Would love to go to more games, but can't afford it. To get people back, lower ticket prices. That's from Bruce. Here's one that says, I think students are less vested in the athletic programs at the schools they attend as well. Students tend to be going to school to <laughs> burn something rather <laughs> than participate
1: in the social life. You do have to do more those, to engage Are the those younger ideas audience. mutually exclusive? I think you can do one while also doing the other, but I don't know. I'm old now. I'm working on 30.
0: David and Socher says, if you aren't within day trip range, then planning a game is like planning a vacation. It says, I missed going, but I was single then and could crash anywhere. It's a good point. And we, we've talked about the economics of it before. But then the balancing act is well hold on if we charge less for season tickets and we're generating less revenue then where do we make up that money but Borky there I, I think you pointed it out a second ago there's a legitimate balancing act that's there it's like what's the most that we can charge to get the most people
1: in the building and I think you have to you have to invest more in your stadium uh, because. We're probably in a unique situation in SEC land. I mean, yeah, lowest attendance since 96. But still, the attendance numbers and all that are pretty good. If you have a winner, most people are going to show up. However, like if you look at the stadiums, even the ones we have here, Mississippi State just went through a renovation, you still mostly have metal bleachers. You're still mostly directly in sunlight, no matter where you're sitting. They have to do more... To make people comfortable. Because when you add the, look, we're playing a nobody this Saturday. On top of that, i got to sit on a metal bleacher and it's 95 degrees. Forget that. I'm staying home. Eliminate the reasons why not to show up. And you could get people to show up again. Yeah, man, you can't build dome stadiums, though. No, awnings would help. Sports Talk Mississippi.
0: We will take a quick timeout. Be back.